Daniel chapter 4, verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belshazzar, do not let the dreams or its interpretation trouble you. Belshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. Verse 20, the tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens, and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in, those, in whose branches the birds of the heavens had their home. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong, for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens, and your dominion to the earth, to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as a king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave a stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let him graze with the beasts of the field, till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king. They shall drive you from men, your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you, after you come to know that heaven rules." Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came, came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling? by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the king has departed from you. The kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and it gives to whoever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair was grown, had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws." And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? 
At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. Um, it would be great if time allowed me to just go back and recap how we got here, but it's very lengthy. So I just pray that all, or most of you have read it already and have an understanding of what we're doing here. I just, because as we were reading this, uh, there were so many, uh, especially in the, the, the beginning of, of chapter 4, starting at verse 4, there were so many... Uh, Today, we have a problem. Uh, we have what we, what we consider problematic pronouns. And keep in mind that these problematic pro pronouns didn't start today with all the stuff that's going on around us. This started a long time ago, and Nebuchadnezzar was a pro at problematic pronouns. And I'll just go back and recap uh, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, just to give you an idea of what I'm getting at here. Uh, chapter 4, verse 4 says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was in rest at my house and flourishing in my palace. 4 5, I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts of my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. And eight times in those two verses, Nebuchadnezzar uses the first person pronoun I, me, and mine. And they are used 22 times in chapter 4. Those, those, particular uh, pronouns are used 22 times in chapter 4. And, and these and following verses reveal he is an egocentric maniac. This dream came when Nebuchadnezzar was enjoying a period of outward peace and, and plenty while inwardly a storm was brewing. Just like a lot of us, we were enjoying outward peace, but inside a storm is brewing. And that's how most of us live. And that's not what God would have. God would have us experience joy in every situation. Basically, God's okay with us dancing in the rain. No problem at all. He's fine with that. So that's how we should feel about it. Because Nebuchadnezzar had refused any personal commitment to God, this dream caused him fear and left him with a troubled mind. And the first dream had not caused him any fear because he had a different attitude towards that. But uh, let's start with uh, verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, was astonished for a time, and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. This second dream was so bad that Daniel was reluctant to reveal it to the king. Daniel resisted the temptation to hold back. So he, 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 gave, it to, he gave him the full story. And uh, so Daniel gave him the entire account. And as a result of this, Nebuchadnezzar saw that Daniel was a godly man and he gave him a, a true, real interpretation. So he trusted him more this time. And this was like wondering if the doctor should give you the real truth about what's going on with you. Well, this guy, this guy's not going to last uh, no more than 12, 13 years, but... I don't know if I really want to tell him that, you know. And so this is how 
Uh, Daniel felt it with Nebuchadnezzar. Do I give him the straight skinny or do I hold back? And, and we'll see how this works out. Daniel just felt compelled because this is what the Lord had given him. So Daniel gave him the whole story. Verse 20, the tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached to the heavens and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant, which was food for all under which the beasts of the field dwelt and in whose branches the birds of the heavens had their home. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong, for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens and your dominion to the end of the earth. This tree represents Nebuchadnezzar. He had grown strong. He had become great. And as world leader, he had filled the civilized world. Nebuchadnezzar and his dominion are the full orbit interpretation. So what we see here is, is Nebuchadnezzar's desire was to be a ruler of the world. And, and that was obtained. The Lord gave him that. Now you would think uh, if the Lord were to provide everything that you needed, everything that you wanted, there, there would be some joy, some fulfillment. But we know personally that that doesn't always work out that way. I want more. Uh, we're, we're sick of manna. We, we want something else. And those are the, that's our attitude. That's a humanistic attitude. We're never content. He says, be content with whatever state you're in. And that sounds great, but we don't honor that in most cases. Verse 23, and as much as the king was, saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leaves a stump and roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and bronze. In the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times pass him over. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High who has come upon my Lord, the king. This is the decree of the Most High. This is what God has called Nebuch uh, Daniel to share with Nebuchadnezzar. And he, was, uh, he honored God as always. And in this time, uh, Nebuchadnezzar started to really understand that things weren't going to turn out the way he had planned. And the watcher execute, uh, execute the decree of cutting down the tree and putting a ban on the tree. And for seven years, Nebuchadnezzar was to live with and like the beasts of the field. They, verse 25, they shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be the beasts of the shall be with the beasts of the field and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Uh, chapter 4 verse 26. Daniel, inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. God had already promised to Nebuchadnezzar that he was going to have his kingdom and he was going to take away Nebuchadnezzar's rulership for seven years, but he was going to restore it. Now to us, humankind, why? Why would He knew that Nebuchadnezzar did not honor God. He knew that Nebuchadnezzar was very egocentric. He knew that Nebuchadnezzar wasn't doing things in a godly manner. But he promised him that after this seven-year period, I'm going to give you your kingdom back. And that's just not how the human mind operates. 
you're out, you're out. And especially for that length of time. And not only that, but as we go along, we'll see where God didn't, uh, didn't diminish that kingdom in any way. So even though Nebuchadnezzar was away for a while, his kingdom began, still began to move along. I won't say prosper. It just began to keep on keeping on. And, and it's just to, to, to the human mind, it just seems like, why would God do that? So as we go through this, we'll, we'll hopefully start to understand why God offers us so much grace, why that grace is new every morning. Your mercy is new every morning. I, 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 really? But I, I didn't earn this. Yes, I know. I don't deserve this. Yes, I know. Grace. Grace changes everything. And as we go through this, I, I just want to encourage you to think in terms of God didn't just do this for Nebuchadnezzar. He's doing it and will continue to do it for you. All the th We've done so many things that we should have been smoked, vanished. Everybody in this room, I, I don't know some people personally, but I think I, I feel pretty safe saying that. Everybody in this room has gone through something that that should have been it. God said, that's it for you. you know, no more. You're done. But he didn't. He didn't for Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't and won't do that for us. Nebuchadnezzar would be driven from this palace out to the pasture. He would take up his abode with the oxen and forget what manner of man he is. This is a problem. <laughs> this is a leader. This is the ruler of the world. He's going to forget what manner of man he is. And sometimes it makes us wonder about the powers that be, the talking heads in our society. Are they insane? especially when we look around today and see the things that are going on. How could a sane person uh, make these kind of mandates or make these kind of laws or make these kind of rules? So, you know, as they say in Ecclesiastes, nothing new under the sun. This is obviously a form of abnormality diagnosed as hysteria. So Nebuchadnezzar was, was uh, suffering from hysteria. And some of the symptoms which are evident in Nebuchadnezzar that can be distinguished and, and they, some of these may be us. Don't know. I pray that not. But the first one I have here is called extreme emotionalism. And it's one of the characteristics. And, and what it means is one moment the person is joyful and friendly, and the next moment morose and antagonistic. We know somebody like that. And it, it could be a simple case as there is easy gloom, an easy glow. So we go from hot to cold, cold to hot, whatever. And, and, and that's just one of the, one of the, uh, the abnormalities of hysteria. Another one is extreme egotism and pride. And with Nebuchadnezzar, this became an obsession, as it says in verse 30. And as he had an image made of himself, pride is a form of abnormality. And pride is a sin of Satan. Can't deny it. It was right at the beginning. Right at the beginning of... Back to Genesis. In Isaiah 14, 13, 14 says, For you have said in your heart, 
I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I uh, will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. That's pretty heavy duty stuff. I will be like the most high. Ezekiel 28, 17 says, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that, you might, that they might gaze at you. And God would just put you in a position where when you say it's all about you, he will put you in a position to say, you really think so? You really think it's all about you? Have at it. And that's when we realize that, wow, he's right. Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I can be nothing. Wow, I never realized that until now. And he will give you a chance to show just what you're made of. And pride is the besetting of the human family. Or what does a man have to be proud? What do you, what do I have to be proud of? Jeremiah 9, 23, 24 says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glorifies, who glories glory in this, that he may understand and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. That's all I got. And all right, in and of myself, I can't do it. I don't even want to do it. So I just want us to focus on the fact that everything that he's doing, he's doing for a purpose. Even those hardships that we go through and we give the enemy credit for tempting us. Not necessarily. We have to be concerned about the fact that no matter what is going on in our lives, God is in it. No matter how difficult. Boy, I'm getting really beat up today. The enemy is really working on me. Are you really sure? Are you really sure? Have you considered chastening as what you're going through? Have you considered the fact that God wants to take you out of that muck and mire, clean you up, put you someplace else, and he's been trying to reach you, but you're not listening? But I, I don't understand, you know, why I have to go through this. You don't have to. You're making a choice. You're making a decision. And he's saying, okay, son, daughter, you can take the easy way or you can take the hard way. And this is all part of free will. But Lord, just take away the free will. Just do what you want. Can't do that, my son. I can't do that, my daughter. Then you cease to be human. Then I cease to be God. Then I cease to be sovereign. This is what I have to do. I need to get your attention. God's salvation rules out pride. 1 Corinthians 2, 2 says, For I have determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
in 1 Corinthians 4, 7 follows up with, for who makes you different from another? Who makes you different from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did not receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? What has God not given you? Just the fact that we're sitting here today, listening here today, we are blessed well beyond measure. So why do we think that we need to take credit for that? Well, I'm a self-made man. Nonsense. What have you received that God did not give you? What have you received? What have you done without his hand in it? Another one of these uh, characteristics of hysteria is to manifest itself in amnesia. And those who are afflicted do not know who they are for a period of time. Nebuchadnezzar actually thought he was an animal. He was going through this. He wasn't even aware of where he was at that point in his life or what he was for that matter. Nebuchadnezzar went through a cycle of seven years, as it says in verse 27. Verse 27 says, Therefore, O king, let, me adv- let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquity by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. Are we showing mercy to the poor? Any of us? All of us? And too often we say we are, but when we really stop and think about it, we're basically self-serving. God never said that uh, you will know my people by often they, often they go to church. You will know my people by how many verses they can quote. You will know my people by the fact that they read their Bible twice a week. He didn't say any of that. You will know my people by the love they have one for another. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because there's so many among us that think they're doing their duty. There's no fellowship. They don't fellowship. They come to church on Sunday, and I can't judge anybody. But I'm just speaking from the heart. They come to church on Sunday. They go back home. There's no fellowship with anyone. They read their Bibles. They know scripture. They quote verses. And a lot of times there's no love in any of that. They don't reach out to anybody. They won't allow anybody to reach out to them. But they feel I'm doing my duty. Because just by doing those things, I am a good person. And that's really all that matters. Just being a good person. And the unfortunate part about it is there are certain religious systems that encourage that, that teach that, that preach that. All you have to do is be a good person and your ticket is punched automatically. And unfortunately, this is not limited to those religious systems. This is all also permeated the faith-based system where there are people who don't do anything to encourage or help or aid anyone else. They do the, the, the outward stuff, but fellowship We were born, we were created to fellowship. And if you're not doing that, if you're not showing God's love, if you're in church, in a Bible study, 
and you're in somebody's face screaming at them because they don't believe what you believe, I find that very difficult to interpret as love. When you're in church and you see a face that you don't recognize, you have no desire, you have no heart to go up and talk to them. I have a hard time interpreting that as love. And I'm losing a lot of eyes, I'm losing a lot of pronouns, but it's, I'm not alone in that. How are we showing God's love to others? And he's, he's given us so much mercy, he's poured out so much into us to overflowing. The idea is to take that overflow and share it. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. So Nebuchadnezzar uh, had his issues. And uh, Daniel advises Nebuchadnezzar to repent, to reverse the judgment coming upon him because there was hope of deliverance. And there's always, always, always hope of deliverance for us. Always. Never a time, well, I'm hopeless. No, you're not. Not if you trust the Lord. You're not hopeless. I don't care what you're hung up on. I don't care, you know, what your issue is, what your vice is, what your sin, area of sin is. There's always hope. And God has delivered everyone here and there from something. And he's constantly in the delivery business. He will never fail. Never so whatever it is, hang in there. Trust him. He'll deliver you from it, no matter what it is. And this was God's final warning to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, you don't hear that too often, final warning. But it gets to the point where he'll just, okay, this is what you want. Go at it. Go for it. And he will do that at some point with us. You don't want that. You really don't. It doesn't mean that he's just continually let you given up on you, but he's allowing you to experience what happens when you miss the mark. When you miss the mark, it's defined as sin. And he will allow you to miss that mark. He will. And because that's why he can say, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He knows that you're going to be coming back this way eventually. You've got to come this way. 100% of us got to come that way. He wants to bless us, but he gives us a choice. That's where we lose it when we have that choice because we're going to take the path of least resistance. We're going to take the road less travel most of the time. That's where we get in trouble. But he's gracious. He's sovereign. Uh, verse 28. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the 12 month, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. Verse 30, the king spoke saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for honor of my majesty? But God just gave you this and he made it known that he gave you this. Yet, it's all about you, Nebuchadnezzar. But that was just the part that he just had trouble with, how we have trouble let going of our areas of sin. He's no different from us in that respect. He's holding on to me, 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 my, 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 the old dreaded me monster with the eye disease problem. Let's not be there. Let's not go there, folks. It's deadly. It's deadly. Nebuchadnezzar did not heed the warning of Daniel. One year of grace 
went by before judgment fell. A year went by. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar, you're off track here, buddy. You know, you might want to just get back on. You might want to start looking to the hills from where come your help. Nah, no, nah, I don't want to do that because this is about me after all. One year of grace went by. God is extremely patient, but God's gracious, graciousness and patience are not understood by the wicked. I'm prospering, so God must really, really want me to do this. I've got all the, uh, all the trappings of the world, so God's really blessing me. No, our contraire, my friends. That does not indicate that you're being blessed because you got a lot of toys, because you got a lot of wealth. Every form of refuge has its price. So when you start to own all these things, the tables are turned. Those things start to own you. Nebuchadnezzar had all this, but he did not give God the glory for it. Nebuchadnezzar was saying it's still all about him. Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men fully set in them to do evil. Well, I've been doing this all my life, and nothing's happened yet, so I'm just going to keep on doing it. I'm going to keep on reaping this thing. I'm going to keep on living this lifestyle that I live, because after all, I am having fun, and it, isn't that what it's all about? God will allow you to do that. God had told Nebuchadnezzar that he had given him the kingdom of Babylon. In spite of that, Nebuchadnezzar was filled with pride and said, as I said earlier, is not this great Babylon that I have built? Any person who speaks this way is insane. Nebuchadnezzar, at this point, is drunk with power. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And this is just another example of that. Verse 31. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't have ears to hear this. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses, whomever God chooses. You don't choose that. God chooses. 33. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nose, his nose, oh, his nails like bird's claws. Judgment falls upon this man whose pride has tripped him. Pride goes before fall. Always. On a normal circumstance, Nebuchadnezzar would have never been able to return to the throne, yet God. God had promised that he would do so after Nebuchadnezzar learned his lesson. Are we being taught a lesson? And if so, have we learned anything from it? Have we been living in an area of sin so long that we've gotten comfortable with it? It's okay. Well, everybody's doing it so that, you know, that verifies it. 
if everybody's doing it? Ask yourself this question. If the church can either rise or fall, if everybody felt like you do, would it rise or fall? Sitting here tonight, we're probably going to want to say, well, it would rise because after all, I look at all the stuff that I do. Look at all that I am. Look at all that I've got. So that's, just, just ask yourself that. Would the church rise or fall if everybody was like you? And now you determine what rise or fall means. But just think about it. Everybody was like you. How would that affect the church? And that answer will be different from each and every one of us. But most of us think that we're good people. I'm not saying that you're not. You know, I don't know what the Bible says about that. But that's up to you. It says there's none good. So, you know, I'm thinking that includes us. But think about that. God had promised that he would do so after Nebuchadnezzar learned his lesson. And Nebuchadnezzar went from luxurious living to taking his place with the beasts of the field. What a transition that was. King of the world and now out in the field with the animals. Do you think that we would learn our lesson if we had to go through those hardships? Do you think that we will be changed as a result when it came back to our remembrance? Well, we'll see what Nebuchadnezzar did. When men reject the truth, they sink to the level of beasts. Now, this is, this is just a commentary. This is not, thus says the Lord. I don't want to confuse any of you to think that men descend from beasts. We're not, I'm not, I want to make sure you don't think that I'm talking about Evolution. But Nebuchadnezzar lived like an animal today. When he leaves, he, when he leaves our God and rejects God's truth, we can live like animals. We do live like animals. When we reject God and reject his truth, we do live like animals. And we look around and see that it's acceptable to the world. Well, at the, today, what isn't? We can't allow ourselves to get caught up in that because we need to hang everything on his truth. We need to hang everything on his word. And as our pastor taught this morning, it's not just about being a hearer. It's been a doer. And when we look around, there's not a lot of doing. We're not even sure there's a lot of hearing, to be honest with you. There's no way you can know that, but we know there's not a lot of doing. And uh, we just... Uh, just going back to fellowship, not enough fellowship. And it may be happening someplace else, but I would think that this would be the place where you want a fellowship. That's why we're here, to fellowship with our sisters and brothers. Verse 35, uh, verse 34, excuse me. And at the end of time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Totally different mindset. Totally different. 35. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will 
in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? This was a moment when a sharp change took place in the life of Nebuchadnezzar. For seven years he had been looking down as an animal. Now he lifts his eyes to God. Psalm 121. He had come to know God personally. That's what I pray for us. Everyone that I know, everyone that I, all my neighbors, I pray that they would come to know God personally. And that's a piece that's missing from some of us. And they may say, well, yeah, I know God. But then I have to ask the question, does God know you? You I know. You I know. But who are you? You don't want God to have to say that to you. You want to know that he knows you. To know that you know that you know. And what I, want, what I try to do is encourage you to know and be known. It's very important. Because we think we have a relationship. And we, we don't want to find out that we're wrong. Uh, as Nebuchadnezzar had come to know God personally, he now yields his proud mind to the will of God. That's what we want to be. We want to reveal our proud, our proud minds to the will of God. Verse 36. At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me, as was restored to my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the honor and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. All those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Are you such a prideful person that the Lord has a result to that? He doesn't want to. He wants to continue to bless you. And these, these things happen uh, to Neb- at the end of Nebuchadnezzar's, uh, when he returned to his rightful mind and started honoring the true and living God. These things occurred. Five things. Nebuchadnezzar's reasoning returned to him. He understood who he was and whose he was. Number two, his position as king of Babylon was restored to him. After seven years of idleness, in a sense, he was able to be restored to, to Babylon, or Babylon was restored to him. Number three, his officials again surrounded him with their wisdom and strength. And now he had his entourage back. He had the, the people who were, gave him wisdom and uh, spiritual strength. Number four, the kingdom was not jeopardized by his long period of absence. That's a blessing. Although we've been away from our homes, also although we've been away from our families, the Lord sustained me and he sustained them. He didn't have to do that, but he did. That's his heart. It's all about love. Number five, an added majesty came to him because of his experience, having given God the glory. Nebuchadnezzar is graciously blessed by God. Only God can change a man's proud heart to one that trusts and adores him. And I'm going to say that everybody in this room understands what that means. 
We all came from something to a relationship with the Lord. And I don't know if some of you remember what it was, when it was. It's not important. He's east from west. Doesn't matter. He just wants to bless you here and now. And he will. He will. Are you honoring him? Are you spreading his word? Are you encouraging your sisters and brothers? Are you in fellowship with someone besides you? You know, it just reminds me of uh, someone that I knew that said they haven't gone to church since COVID. And she says, I don't really have to go. I can stay home and have church by myself. Think about that statement. I can stay home and have church by myself. She really believed that. So she used COVID as a reason for not going. And COVID's been a little while now, a few months. She still hasn't gone back. And it's, it's very disturbing. So we are going to have uh, uh, communion tonight as Pastor Rob's coming up. I just These things I just wrote down because they were on my heart. And I probably read them somewhere. I don't know. One of them, I know where I heard it. One of them says, if you live by the law, you do and live. If you live by grace, you believe and live. And the other one is, we have to lose our religion to regain salvation. You have to. Are you religious? Yes, I am. Everybody's religious. Sometimes we allow religion to get in the way of receiving salvation. Because... Religious, for a lot of us, is outward. We do all these wonderful things. We've never broken any of the commandments. So we're good to go. But we need to let go of religion. And even stop thinking in terms of, are you religious? No. But I believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I do have a personal relationship with him. That's my desire for every heart. That's within the presence of my voice tonight. To know that they're loved. Jesus loved them more than they could ever imagine. So let go and let God. How blessed it is to say with a pure heart that I am clean and forgiven. And we know we have a God who's ready, willing, and able to honor that. Are you ready, willing, and able to receive all that he has for you? And by taking these tokens tonight, you know, I think about as I read this, it says, do this in memory of me. And although it, it doesn't quite mean exactly the way I, I perceive it, I don't want you guys to forget me. So just do this as a reminder do this, do just every time you do this, I want you to think of me. Think of what I did. Think about how I was separated from my father. Think about, you know, how I bled on the cross. Think about how I suffered. I want you to remember that. And, but when I look at it, I'm thinking, how do you forget? How do you forget that someone died for you? How do you, get, how do you forget that someone loves you with agape love? How do you forget 
that there's someone who will never leave you nor forsake you? How do you forget all the things that he's done, all the things that he's doing? How do you forget somebody who controls the very breath in your body? How do you forget the fact that you were created from dust, let, yet all the things that you're capable of doing mentally, physically, how do you forget that? You don't. You can't. But he loves us so much. He's just constantly reminding us, do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget me. Don't forget what I've done. And I just pray, I'm so thankful that we do continue to honor him in that. I'm so thankful that we don't forget. I'm so thankful that uh, we do this as often as we can in remembrance of him. And I just pray that uh, we just keep our mind steadfast on the fact that he's always with us. He wants what's best for us. Sometimes we don't want what's best for us. We want, we want what makes us feel good for the moment, for a season. And our God has a different heart, and we're thankful for that. So let's take these elements in remembrance of him. And as we take the bread, remember the body, remember his body. And as we take the juice, remember his blood. This Lord, we're just so thankful for how you just continue to pour your Holy Spirit, your blessings, your mercy out on us, Father. And I just, I'm so grateful. I just feel so honored, Father, that you would use this vessel to share with my sisters, our sisters and brothers in Christ. And I just pray for more of you, Father, that each and every one of our hearts will be enlarged so that we can receive more of you, Father. That we will put ourselves aside and allow you to increase so we can decrease, Father. So we're so grateful for you, who you are. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are in our lives, through our lives. And in addition to us, just blessing all that we love, Father. So give you the praise and honor in everything. We pray for traveling mercies for our friends as we travel home tonight, Father. As you tra- you're here with us, you'll be traveling with us, and you will be home to receive us when we get there, Father. So we thank you for that. We love you, Lord. May we just continue to lift our eyes to the, to the hills from where comes our health. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And Lord, uh, before we go, I just want to pray for our sisters and brothers who are hurting in relationships. Even now, Father. And I know you would have something better for them, Father. I just pray that you would just uh, settle their hearts so they would know what you have for them. And I pray specifically for our our brother, Brian Walker. Some of you know him, some don't. I don't want to be specific in what it is, but there's some changes happening and and only God can settle his heart in this, Father. So have your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.